The following is a Pod Beard production. From the deepest bowels of your imagination. Actually, he's from Canada there, bud. From the famed Hotter Show Studios, this is The Hotter Show. What is up, everybody? We're on audio here today on episode 214 of The Hotter Show. I hope you guys are doing absolutely fantastic. Thanks so very much for tuning in and clicking that play button on today's episode of the podcast. I am like doing backflips and running sprints around the room because I am so excited for this episode of the show. We have a killer, killer pod for you here today as I sit down with Jan Murphy, who is the CEO and co-founder of Chinlock Wrestling, as well as you'll know him from a bunch of other really cool stuff, which we will talk about, of course, but uh, it was a great, great chat. I had so much fun with Jan. I knew he was going to be great interview because he's a professional, and, you know, he, he knows how to talk and that. I knew it was going to be great. And we do cover quite a bit of ground. We talk about the early days of Chinlock Wrestling. Uh, he has a great sub about picking up three legendary wrestlers. Uh, we, of course, talk a lot about the Chinlock event coming up in the Lessons Convention, how he got started with wrestling, uh, his relationship with uh, CJ Felony as well as the Chinlock Wrestling School. And we end up kind of having a fun chat just overall about wrestling. So I know you guys are going to enjoy the hell out of this chat. It was so much fun. I like to feel that uh, Jan had fun as well. So it's always good for me when I can have someone that I can just kind of once in a while say something and then they just go off and be super entertaining. So you guys are definitely going to enjoy this. We talk a lot about the Chinlock 5 and the Legends Convention event coming up June 15th, which is, as you guys are hearing this, next weekend. Oh, I'm so excited for that event. But we're going to talk about all of that. I'm not going to take a lot of time here on this intro because we do go long. We burn the midnight oil a bit. I think it was about about a buck 35 ish 36 37 ish i do want to stress that uh, unfortunately near the end of the podcast we get through all the real the events and talking about kind of his start with the journey his journey with wrestling and all that but unfortunately near the end we get into some wwe talk and the connection i was actually on my phone on my on my uh, hotspot on data because my internet went out Big surprise. So that was why I kind of had to end the chat abruptly. I didn't want to ruin the flow of the chat we were having. But uh, there's also a very big announcement at the end. So even though the, I do apologize that the he, he's kind of a little choppy, but he was having going on such a great spiel about actually Brock Lesnar in particular. And I really loved what he was saying. So I was I was like, I'm not cutting this. I, I still want to keep it in. And I cleaned it up as best I could. So I, I do apologize. It's not quite up to snuff. But like 80% of the chat is is you know pretty pretty great quality and i'm very happy with him. he was just such a great guest so you guys definitely enjoy it but before we get into that i want to give a much needed shout out to my friends over at seat giant you guys are familiar with seat giant they are a ticket resale website selling tickets for all different types of events whether it's a sporting event concert event theater event they got you covered with great pricing regardless of whether or not you want to sit up in the nosebleeds or if you want to be front and center they got you covered they have a super easy to use website 
the little light up maps, you can visually see where you're going to be sitting, which I personally really, really like that because I tend to get lost easily sometimes when I'm buying tickets. And also, they have a full money back guarantee if there are any issues with your tickets. And let me tell you, as someone who's been in that situation where I was not able to get into a concert and my tickets were not refunded because of where I bought them, that really is something I enjoy about CGI because they care. They know how much these events mean to you, the consumer, and they want to make sure that if for any reason, reason you cannot enjoy your event they have your back and that's just a really cool thing and if that wasn't enough you want more really okay well how about a little discount at checkout when you use the coupon code pod beard that is p-o-d-b-e-a-r-d pod beard all one word all lowercase you'll save yourself a little something at checkout and it also throws a little something back to your friends here at the hobby show as well as pod beard network everybody wins what's not like don't mess around with any of the website today go on seatgiant.ca or .com the code works for both today and get the tickets for the event you want to see because at seat giant they just don't sell tickets they sell experiences with that we're ready to roll into this podcast today my chat with jan murphy ceo and co-founder of chinlock let's get into it Super excited about this because right now my guest at this time is the co-founder and CEO of Chinlock Wrestling, who have a huge event coming up on June 15th, which you bet your ass we will be discussing. But I also want to talk to him about his entire career and also about his love of professional wrestling. You may recognize him from his wrestling column seen all over and his interviews with the top stars in wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very happy to welcome Jan Murphy on the show. Jan, how you doing today, brother? Hey, thanks for having me on, uh, TJ. I really appreciate it. I'm doing pretty well. I mean, I'm a little stressed out. I'm two uh, weeks away from the largest thing I've ever done in my life, but uh, I'm hanging in here. Well, that's good to hear. It's 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 is it a, at least a good stressed? Uh, it's it's a combination, right? It's uh, it's a little bit overwhelmed by uh, what's coming and last minute details and. There's always snags that come come about. Uh, there's a a lot of coordination that will be happening uh, the week of the show, right up to the show, and right after the show. Uh, this city is, uh, of course, notorious for its uh, waiting to the last minute to buy tickets. So that's stressful as a promoter with uh, uh, with a hundred thousand dollar budget, uh, you know, on a show like this. Um, but no, it's it's mostly good stress, uh, excitement, a little bit of uh, nerves. Um, you know, you want this to be the best that it can be, and we want it to raise a lot of money. Absolutely, and that's the thing with uh, an event like this. You know, like I remember from is this because I've I've wanted to have you on, and I've wanted to kind of get in contact with you. Excuse me, in contact with you the last uh, couple of. Chin locks because obviously, as you know, with with our connection with Jason, he's like, dude, you got it. Yeah. So it's, but it's good to hear though that uh, things are going well. And I mean, with those last minute snags, I mean, I know that even the day of, you know, you're going to, you know, you got to go pick people up and make sure that flights are are happening and all that. So I can imagine how uh, how stressful it is. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. You know, it's a lot of there are a lot of people coming in for this event. A lot of flights. I think we. Booked 13 or 14 flights. Um, all of those people have to be picked up. 
some of those people booked their own flights because they were working for other promotions the day before. So they're stressing me out by not coming into Toronto until Saturday morning and I need them in Kingston Saturday morning. So it's, oh my uh, gosh. You know, it's, uh, it's not without its challenges, but this is a, a monstrous learning curve for me. I mean, I'll come out of this event uh, so much, you know, more experienced and so much more prepared if uh, this is something that we ever tackle again. Uh, uh, I've learned I've learned a ton about promoting, about a, running a major event, because make no mistake, this is a major event. Oh, of course. And that's, like, even in my neck of the woods, I'm about two hours from Kingston, but even in my neck of the woods, like, I'm starting to hear rumblings. And, of course, with uh, the Oshawa uh, scene as well, I'm seeing things pop up. And, like, that's very exciting for me because I've just kind of recently... I've kind of gotten back into my true love of professional wrestling. So I'm super excited for the event. I know that there's quite a few of my listeners who are as well. So that's, uh, that's very good to hear. And I guess the, the whole thing with, with the, that learning curve and that is you're always learning when you're doing stuff like this. I mean, as I'm sure you can attest to every time you do something, or every time you make a, there's an issue or whatever. It's like, okay, won't be doing that again. <laughs> yeah. It's, you learn different things each time. I mean, uh, if I were booking this again, um, we just had a conversation with uh, Sean uh, Quigley from Youth Diversion today, and I said, you know, if we, if we do this again and you know, in a couple of years or year 10, whatever we do after this, um, probably the one thing that would change would be the ticketing structure. We thought we had simplified it, but you know, with the questions that I've been fielding almost daily since they went on sale March 1st, clearly it's not um, simple enough. So, you know, that would, that would be one thing I would change. Um, um, you know, start some things a little earlier, leave th- some things till a little bit later. But all in all, I mean, this team has been amazing. I mean, I get to be the face. I get to be the guy that everybody thinks uh, – you know, runs this whole thing, but there's a, a a team behind me that works with me. You know, you mentioned Jason; he's a he's a key part of that team. Uh, Justin, Sean, Jackie. There's a whole crew of us that meet. I mean, we've been meeting f- since January for this event. We started meeting last year, planning this event. So th- this event, by the time it happens in two weeks, will be more than a year in the making. That's crazy. And even with the um, hearing your appearance on uh, your appearance, I'll give them a shout out the uh, Schwa style uh, podcast or a great podcast. I heard your appearance on that when you were on hearing you kind of talk a little bit about the first couple chin locks and kind of how that got started was absolutely fascinating to me. And I want to ask just because we've kind of started off on this and I want to ask you about like just professional wrestling and some stuff about interviews and that you've done. But as we're on the, the topic, how did kind of you get started with Chinlock with that first event you did with, uh, with Justin? I mean, my involvement in independent wrestling didn't happen until probably 2007, eight, nine, somewhere in there. Might've even been 2009 or 10, Actually, 2009, I was involved because my first daughter was born, and I was I was involved with it at that point. 
Kingston used to have a, a an independent company here called the Ontario Championship Wrestling, of which Justin was a was a key um, player. So it was Justin who invited me to come out, and um, and Adam Conton actually reached out to me. They wanted me to come out and you know see what they did, and they were looking for some media coverage. At the time, I was you know still running a weekly wrestling column here in the wig um probably took myself a little too seriously in those days as far as my you know being a journalist but uh i I would soon learn that there was a kingston police officer who moonlighted as a professional wrestler well that to me as a as a newspaper guy was a great story so that's that's sort of how they got me to come out the first time was uh, jason cage was a Kingston police officer wrestling at night, just screamed page one. So, and that's indeed where that story uh, ended up was, uh, you know, Kingston police officer moonlights as a pro wrestler. So that was my introduction to, to OCW. So I spent time around OCW, did a little stint as the, uh, the general manager per se was involved in some storylines. And at one point, they decided they wanted to run a, a bit of a larger event. Um, had I not been involved with that promotion at that time, my life would be very different. Uh, when we went to put together that larger event, um, we were running names by one another. You know, who could we bring in? And eventually we settled on Billy Gunn and X-Pac, two original DX members. And then we were bouncing some other names by, and I, I threw out the name Tommy Dreamer. And they said, we'll see if he's available. So I found a contact for him. I emailed him. A bunch of days went by. I mean, might have even been a week. And then all of a sudden, you know, I get a reply. Sorry, this I didn't see this in my inbox. I am available. This is my rate, you know, flight, blah, blah, blah. So I took it back to the group, and we agreed. So we brought up in June of 2011 here in Kingston, um, probably almost, will be almost a year to date (laughs) when this event happens in two weeks. We brought up Tommy Dreamer, X-Pac, and Billy Gunn. Funny story. Justin and I ended up being the guys to go pick them up at the airport, and I got my first taste of uh cranky billy gun um and i got <laughs> the famous my first cranky taste billy gun <laughs> I, I got my first taste of why you don't book them you know pickups with people too far apart we get to the airport uh the first person in his dreamer he'd been up all night he tells this story pretty funny like he'd been up all night because he worked a show um no time to really sleep just went to the airport, flew in. So he landed fairly early. We found him, and he's like, great, let's go. And we're like, well, we have to wait. Oh, who are we waiting for? Uh, Billy Gunn and, uh, and X-Pac. Oh, okay, what time are they flying in? Uh, Billy's in in about two hours. Well, you can see the color oh, change no. in Tommy's face. He got really, really pissed off, mumbled a couple things. So Justin and I just walked away to let him to let him cool off. And we thought, man, this is a disaster. Here we are, you know, been with this guy five minutes and he hates us already. 
so we went eventually we we walked we sat went back over and sat down he had enough time to kind of cool off um we were talking to him and then we saw this person uh, coming along pushing a pushing a cart and they had you know they were all hunched over and they had blankets over top of them and i thought it was a homeless person to be honest with you and i said look look at this freaking look at this homeless person coming down the middle of the airport and dreamer looked at me and he said that's no homeless person that's x-pac sure enough it was x-pac he just came in from doing an east coast gig uh at which hulk hogan was booked and uh he was in rough shape and all he wanted to do was go sleep so we went and we put him in the car he slept in the car while we waited for Billy to land. Billy lands, comes through customs, gets a hard time. Well, Billy oh, no. Gunn is cranky at the best of times. He's just an intense, cranky individual. And he was not pleased that uh, he got hassled uh, coming in, coming into Canada. So I had Cranky Dreamer, Hungover, X-Pac, and Cranky Billy Gunn to drive all the way back to Kingston oh, almost three God. hours. Um, what a combo. You know, yeah, one wants to eat right away. Billy Gunn's always hungry. Um, so we stopped and we ate. And I remember X-Pac oh. ordered this, like, just nasty-looking sweet, like, you know, something you'd order at Denny's now, like the triple maple pancake thing and had whipped cream all over it. And Billy ordered 10 egg whites and <laughs> something else. So we brought them back. We We had that show. Um, and that show ended, we did a, a short after party. I had to leave and, you know, I, I spent three hours, you know, talking to Tommy in the car on the way back to Kingston. And, uh, when I went to leave, he gave me his number. He said, Hey, you know, stay in touch. So I did, I stayed in touch. We, uh, I offered him a column in the Whig standard, which ran for, for about a year. And we just became really, really good friends and without, you know, Tommy's friendship, nothing in my career goes the way that it has gone. You know, Tommy started helping me get interviews with, uh, you know, former WWE talents, legends, Terry Funk and, you know, Shane Helms and Edge. And the, the list just went, Trish Stratus, the list just went on and on and on because these were all his friends. And, um, and then I started hanging around him when he launched House of Hardcore. Went down to his first show. I think I've been to seven or eight of his shows overall, including helping him run three. Uh, the first one in Toronto, uh, Niagara Falls last year, Napanee. So this will be our fourth show together um, in Canada. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot from him. And I learned a lot from Justin in the previous uh, OCW experience. So, to make a long story longer, I was I was approached uh, three four years ago by a friend of mine who wanted to run a charitable event around Christmas time, like a feel good kind of thing. There was no OCW had kind of stopped running shows. There was a promoter from Cornwall who had been running some shows in the area. Um, I said, hey, it'd be really cool if you had like a wrestling show and donated the, the proceeds to charity. And she's like, oh, that's a great idea. So I connected her with the Cornwall promoter. Um, and anyway, a, lo a long story short on that one, 
I was down in New York and Philadelphia with with Dreamer doing House of Hardcore, driving home from his house. My phone rings just outside of New York, and it's her saying that he was pulling the pin on the show. Oh, no. Um, so I said, you know, let me call you back. I called Justin. I said, look, I helped bring this to reality. Um, you know, I think we should try and save this. Yeah, it's got your name on it too, right? Yeah, I mean... So by the time I got home, you know, five and a half or six hours later, he and I had put together a show. He called, you know, the workers all around here, uh, found us a ring. We already had a venue, and I started phoning in special guests. I called up Ron Hutchison. I called up Spenny. I called up Jimmy Corderas, and I just called in favors. I, I said, you know, I've, I've done features on all of them uh, in my career, all of them I consider friends, and they all agreed to come. We pulled that out of the fire. That was This was three weeks before the show was, was scheduled wow. to happen. So we, we managed to pull that one out of the fire. In the first year, it was just called Live Pro Wrestling. And uh, we had uh, probably like 125 people come out. We raised about $3,000 for Hands of Hope. And... Uh, that was the beginning of, of Chinlock Wrestling. I convinced Justin that we should make it an annual thing. And my intention when we set out was that for, all, for it to only ever be an annual thing. They're, they're big, um, big events to plan. Uh, there's a lot of stress around it. You know, with wrestling, it's, it's, it's not that easy. There's different personalities different people but our show always has had a different feel because it's always been about the charity people have always come and worked for less volunteered worked for nothing um you know serious discounts with ring ring rentals things like that so that we could turn over as much money as as we could year two was uh, when we decided to introduce a, a legend um you know i had the idea that we could maybe introduce a legend so I, I reached out to the Million Dollar Man at, you know, sort of the advice of Dreamer, um, who said he'd be a good booking and, you know, in our price range. I was standing in line at uh, Loblaws one day picking up some stuff to bring to work to eat because uh, I work evenings. And my phone rang and I could see on the call display it was the Million Dollar Man. That's hilarious. And, uh, yeah, so I picked it up and he said... Uh, I, I saw your email to my uh, through my website. Uh, that sounds like a great event. It's something I totally would get behind. I'm available. You know, this is my price. You know, I'd love to come up. And uh, so, yeah, immediately booked them. We found a sponsor. Uh, I was That was when I was introduced to uh, the Gino's pizza owner in town here, Noel Morano, who, without him, we're not having this conversation today. Noel's been a sponsor now for, you know, four, four shows. And, uh, you know, he's been so generous to help us bring up uh, legends, the first of which was was the Million Dollar Man. The big turn, the big, that's when we started naming it Chinlock Wrestling. Uh, we, had, we decided to come up with a name. And uh, I already had Chinlock.com where I did my writing. Okay. Which was a name, which was a name I came up with while I was, riding a an exercise bike at the YMCA a couple years prior to that when 
I'd asked Justin to create a website where I could archive all of my stuff in case, you know, the, in this newspaper business, you never know when you're going to get laid off or when your job might not exist. So I, I wanted somewhere to archive everything I had done um, at the wig as far as my feature interviews and all my wrestling coverage. So uh, chinlock.com, we thought, well, let's just keep the chinlock family alive. We'll go with chinlock wrestling. And uh, that's where Jason came in and created the, you know, in my opinion, the nicest wrestling logo in the business, the Chinlock logo. And uh, the Million Dollar Man was our was our special guest in year two, year three, year two. I think we raised about it was about uh, eleven thousand dollars. Wow! And uh, year three was the one we we brought in Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and. I, to this day, I still think he was our most popular guest. Um, That's crazy. We sold 700, you know, tickets to that show. You could not move in the gym. And it was, it was that night that I went, you know, this is it. Like, this is what I was meant to do. And, uh, you know, we had a great night. We raised $26,000 and, uh, the place was just packed. It was so fun. Um, and that sort of was when it Chinlock sort of established itself as the promotion here in Kingston. And uh, last year we, we moved to a bigger venue. We had multiple guests with TJ Wilson, Vicky Guerrero, Tito Santana. Uh, we had a surprise with Madison Rain, and we had a surprise with the Honky Tonk the Man. Honky yeah. Yeah. So, and then... <laughs> While we were planning last year's event, you know, number five felt like it should be special. Um, I, I've told this story on a couple of different interviews. I'd been to a big Legends of Wrestling convention to, to see Dreamer in, I think it was 2014. And when I walked in and I saw what was going on, I was like, this, this is what I want to do one day. You know, it's a wrestling convention with a wrestling show and a wrestling ring set up. And so, you know, sort of borrowing from that model, borrowing from like a Comic-Con model, I, I pitched the idea last year for five. I said, well, we're planning four. We could, you know, look at possibly doing this for five. Everybody, you know, came on board. I mean, Youth Diversion, I can't say enough about what they've, uh, what they've done. Um, Sean is amazing. I mean, it, none of this happens without Sean saying yes, because as a charity, you need a charity to be in. We're not a charitable company, of right? Course, so yeah. to run a charity show, you need to work with the charity. Um, so, yeah, we planned out four. Well, five was, uh, you know, being discussed. We came up with a business plan. We found uh, some funding. And then the venue was the was the was the closer um, for for that. So that that kind of gives you the the history of of Chinlock. But uh, five came to be because Leon's became the the naming rights holder at the large venue here in Kingston. It was formerly known as the K Rock Center. Well, they took over the naming rights. Um, I had a friend who works for the Kingston Frontenacs. He brought me together with the owner of Leon's. As soon as we told the owner of Leon's, you know, the charity that was involved, um, 
he was able to donate one of his charitable dates to us, basically rendering this 7,000 seat arena free for wow. us. Not quite, but mostly. Close enough, yeah. We're, we're paying, yeah, almost nothing for it. So when that happened and we secured the funding, uh, we decided we were going to go for it. And that's uh, three things. There was the venue through through the generosity of, of Leon's. There was securing uh, the funding for this show, which the Kinsman Club of Kingston stepped up in a huge way. Canadian Tire stepped up in a huge way. And thirdly was I wanted Tommy Dreamer's involvement, um, you know, Call it what you will. Um, am, am I siphoning off of his name? Sure, I am. I mean, who wouldn't want to have his name associated with an event? But you know, we're we're really good friends. We we consider each other family. So this is the fourth time that we've worked together. He trusts me. I trust him. Uh, I wanted him involved with this, and and when he said yes, and all the other things fell into place, we announced the Chinlock Five. That is awesome. I, I love the fact that you touched on, there was a bunch of stuff I was going to ask you, and that's just what a pro you are. You literally touched on everything in that story. So thank you for that. That's that's awesome. There's there's two things I, I have to ask before. I, I have a couple of things I want to ask about Chinlock. But number one, one thing you said was talking about the million dollar man. I have to know, when you pick up the phone, does he start off the conversation with his laugh or does he just, is he all business? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know why. I'm like, no. I picture, hello? <laughs> He does. He does now for me, but no. That's great. At the time, uh, you know, he just he was very. Hey, this is a uh, Teddy Biasi, the, the million dollar man. Uh, you know, I got your email through my website. And, um, Ted Ted has become you know a dear friend. Most of the people we have up here, um, I just seem to. I just hit it off with with these people. I mean, I respect them so much. Uh, I respect anyone in this business and i love this business i i made a conscious decision uh 20 years ago that i wanted to write about what i loved about wrestling not what i hate about it exactly or not what you know the the dirty secrets or um the, the gossip sheets. or any of that stuff i made a conscious decision that i loved it so much that i wanted to shine a positive light on it and that's always been my my uh, my philosophy and my my mo if you will so um i hit it off great with ted uh, hit it off great with ricky i mean i could call either of those guys up at, at, a, at a moment's notice and offer them you know the chance to come back up here and i i know they would we, we looked at bringing both of them back up for five and i just felt it was a little bit too close uh, chin lock 10 you can guarantee Ricky Steamboat would be back, and and Ted DiBiase if uh, if they're available and wanting to come back up. So yeah, same with Vicky and Tito, and I mean, TJ's a, a good friend of mine anyway. So um, yeah, it's it's interesting to to take twenty years of connections and uh, hard work and building up a reputation at a time when nobody really was doing what I did, and in, in, in 1999 when i launched the column here in the wig there were only two other wrestling columnists that i knew of anywhere uh, one of whom is now aew's commentary alex marvez oh really? uh, i started reading alex's stuff in 98 when i got here at the wig and i found it on the scripps howard news service and 
he was a huge uh, influence for me because I enjoyed his writing style. Um, I loved his his voice, his writing voice, his passion. Um, so he was, you know, I've told him this in in you know messages before that he he played a a big role in you know what what I do and why I do it. And there were a couple of other people who wrote here and there, but not on a regular basis. So when I started out, I was it was it was kind of unique. Well, it's funny you mentioned him because he I had never just to be honest I'd never heard of his work before. But watching the AEW event, like I'm sitting there, and I mean obviously everyone knows Jr. and that was great to hear him calling pro wrestling again, and of course Escalibur. But I'm listening to this other guy, and I'm like, man, like. He had su- he has such a different, unique voice for wrestling, and he's almost at times he was so almost soft spoken. It made you listen more to what he was saying. So it's funny yeah. you mention him because I, I actually really liked his uh, his commentary style. I turned to Sam more than once and was like, kind of almost at first I was kind of like, oh, not making fun of him, but just like because I was like I hadn't heard a wrestling commentator that was like that soft spoken and almost serious with some things. So it was really uh, funny. But I was like, man, like this guy's. Like this guy's great. I really like what he's doing. So yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys doing it now, but uh, Alex was one of the first. Like I said, when I got here and discovered his his column on the uh, this, the wire service that we had here, I used to read it faithfully. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you've talked about the event, so let's let's jump into that now. June 15th is the event. Chinlock 5 is happening. It's at the Leon Center in Kingston. Um, with the Legends Convention and, of course, the actual Chinlock rest, 5 wrestling event happening, take us through the Legends Convention and kind of what and who people can expect to see at that, uh, that particular convention. So that convention, um, you can... I mean, it's it's taken on a life of its own. Uh, booking that convention with Tommy was, uh, you know, one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. We have Brett the Hitman Hart as our headliner. I mean, what can I say it's about huge. Brett? He, yeah. He's one half of uh, my favorite match of all time uh, with him and Stone Cold at WrestleMania. Yes. Um, I'm... One of my best friends on planet Earth is Natty. I mean, there's not very many days or weeks that go by where we don't talk or text. Um, TJ's a dear friend of mine. Natty's sisters are friends of mine. So it, it's it's nice now, you know, to bring Brett down. I mean, we've always wanted Brett, but Brett is a, you know, an all-time great Brett's an elite uh, legend, so he obviously costs more money than than other legends. So we've had our eyes on, you know, we bounced some different ideas by, uh, you know, we talked about Ric Flair. Um, we looked at Sting. Uh, I've, honestly, I probably haven't said this to anybody. We were very, you know, we felt we were close to having Edge and Christian and Beth Phoenix, oh, but wow. it didn't it didn't work out. Um, but Brett was always among the group of Chinlock organizers, Brett was always the name, the first name that everybody threw out. So uh, we're very fortunate that, uh, you know, we reached out to Brett and Brett took the booking because at this point in his life, Brett picks and chooses what he wants to do. And, um, you know, we're honored to have him 
Mark Henry was a huge booking for us. That's that's on Tommy. He's a friend of Tommy's. They're on Busted Open together. Um, by all accounts, Mark is uh, one of the nicest human beings on earth. So um, very big deal to have Mark Henry coming here. Uh, two of the original four horsemen, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, again, friends of Tommy's. Uh, coming here strictly because Tommy's asking. Um, Tommy booked the the Legends Convention. I mean, I I booked Tugboat uh, Fred Ottman. Uh, I booked Jimmy Hart, and I booked Dreamer, obviously. But Tommy uh, and J- and Jimmy Corderas. But Tommy booked everybody else. So um, Billy Gunn, uh, Swoggle, you know, known as Horn Swoggle in WWE. Uh, like I said, Jimmy Corderas, um, Billy Gunn, Dreamer. So it's, it's just stacked. We have 10 uh, legendary WWE personalities, six of whom are in the Hall of Fame. Um, I don't know what else to say. The lineup for the evening, we've got three of them in matches. Billy Gunn will team up with Dreamer to face Tyson Dukes and, and Tarek of the Pillars. With a special guest manager, uh, Spenny, who had a match last year at Chimlock 4 with uh, Tyson Duke. So uh, we'll get those guys back together again. Quack, quack. And uh, Swaggle will face RJ City, which I think will just be uh, magical. RJ City so talented. Everybody knows how talented Swaggle is. Um, so... You know, not only are the legends, some of the legends going to be there during the day, but they're also going to be on the show at night. And, uh, yeah, so so booking that legends convention, the, the key for me and the, the, the heart of Chinlock is that it's to be affordable. That's always been the MO. That always will be the MO. If you're going to have a charity event, number one, and this is for anybody out there who... who is listening who thinks they want to run a charity event a charity event is only a charity event if you donate all the money to charity yes otherwise you're running an event with proportion of proceeds being donated to a charity it's not a charity event it is a an event with proceeds going to charity big distinction big difference chinlock wrestling is a full charity event no one takes anything from this other than the people who perform and are paid for their performances. I take nothing. Justin takes nothing. Uh, everything goes to the charity. So, um, you know, that's always been our, how we built this, this company was we wanted it to be affordable and family friendly entertainment. So our, our matches are not bloody. They're not violent. Yeah. We've had a couple of garbage cans in there. But uh, it's not gratuitous. Um, and, and, you know, we've always had a $10 ticket, and we still have a $10 ticket. Unfortunately, Ticketmaster has fees, and there are taxes this time because we're running in a, a city-owned venue versus, you know, running ourselves. So you can't get a ticket for $10. You can get it for $13 with, with fees. But this whole Legends event was built... Um, to be a fraction of the price of a Comic-Con or something similar. Um, you know, I saw 
I think it was Ring of Honor has something coming up or had something coming up in uh, Toronto. And I saw their packages for their meet and greets and they were, they were more expensive than, than we have. And, you know, to me, that's crazy for $200 plus taxes and fees. You can meet all of our legends, get an autograph from them, bring your own item. We'll provide you with an item, a selfie with all of them and a ticket in the first two rows of the, of the wrestling show at night. The next level down is 150 bucks. You get the same thing, except you get a general admission ticket to the show. If you want to meet one legend, it's 15 bucks, except for the headliner, Brett, who's 60. Um, you, Brett comes with a ticket to the show. If you buy three of the, the legend packages uh, for individual legends, you get a ticket to the show. Um, you know, tickets to the show range from $10 to $25. Uh, and and that's that's it. I mean, I we built this so that people could come out and meet their heroes and not feel like they couldn't go buy groceries because they did. There's nothing worse to me than wanting to do something uh, and being able to do something but not being able to afford it. Or having uh, this to- money. This money's going to charity. So a ten dollar ticket that you might pay sixty or seventy dollars for at a concert or a a uh, similar wrestling event uh, that's worth a hundred dollars to the charity that 10 that 10 bucks is worth a hundred dollars to the charity it's, uh, sean has told me this time and again every dollar donated has ten dollars in value in programming for for charity so you know a ten, you buy a ten dollar ticket to the show you, you're it's like handing over a hundred dollar bill to a charity it's that valuable so that's why we've always you know built our show around affordability obviously we have to pay the legends um and and all this talent and uh, run this event so um you know we can't give them away but we're we're at we're pretty close to giveaway point with all these prices (laughs) especially for the legends event i mean that guys you just heard he's talking about some huge names that just to get to meet someone like even like bret hart or mark henry or you know like these are big, huge names in the wrestling business, and for you know that that pretty small price, all things considered, to meet these legends, and you get to go to the event. I mean, what's not to like about that? It's uh, yeah, it's the, absolutely crazy. The event itself has the 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 lineup has exceeded anything I ever imagined. I mean, uh, there are nine matches now, but I mean, you're talking. The main event now is Sammy Callahan versus Willie Mack. I mean, that is a main event show on any wrestling promotion in the world. WWE, AEW, New Japan, Ring of Honor, you name it. That is a main event on any card, anywhere, anytime. And here it is in Kingston (laughs) on top of a chinlock wrestling show that also features Madison Rain. You know, Addy Star, beautiful Bia, and our champion Jesse Mack in a, in a fatal four-way. We got a Rumble. We got, like I said, we got Dreamer and Billy Gunn teaming up. Uh, we've got Hornswoggle, RJ City. We got some local people uh, in matches. Um, it's it's just stacked. Absolutely stacked, and I'm I'm very excited because this is actually going to be the first independent wrestling show I've actually really gone to. I've, I went to a couple back in the day, but 
as far as being a full-fledged now I really have an appreciation for for what I'm watching and I, the one I actually went to was uh one was at a fair and I saw Billy Gunn there <laughs> so I'm very excited to see him not at the Ono Fair um so that'll be very exciting but you mentioned um some of these matches here and again guys like this is a stacked card like I would put that even me personally saying this I'd put that card against anything it is absolutely stacked but it, it really is I mean again it's uh you know Justin and I've been working hard Tommy uh you know added Sammy Callahan for us a couple of weeks ago which I think bring brought us right over the top I mean we already had a, a really nice lineup at, at that point but when you can add a guy of Sammy Callahan's distinction, talent, um, you know, popularity. It's it's a big deal. And Willie Mack is one of the best kept secrets in, in pro wrestling. So these two guys are both top talents in, in wrestling. Both could work anywhere on any given day and be, uh, you know, major players. So I'm really proud of everything we've been able to put together here. Uh, we have we even have a celebrity factor with Bill Wilichka taking on uh, CJ Felony, you know, a mat- match that I will be refereeing after an incident uh, at one of our sponsors' uh, stores the other day. The Rumble is always fun. We, you know, we'll have some surprises in the Rumble like we always do. Um, you know, there's a special match this year. We're, we're unveiling our second championship belt, which is in, named in memory of my late brother. We have the Cale Murphy Memorial Championship. We have one more semifinal. One semifinal is happening tomorrow, downtown Kingston, outdoor at our free show. The final semifinal will happen uh, when Bill and uh, CJ Felony square off uh, at our show on June 15th. The winner of that match and the winner of the match tomorrow advance to the final, which will also happen on June the 15th. So, you know, someone will get to become the inaugural uh, Kale Murphy champion. My family will be there to see it. My, my parents, my grandparents. You know, it's, it's uh, obviously something I've wanted to do for a long time. And what better place to do it than, you know, a huge venue following a huge event with some of my favorite people, my family, uh, my Chinlock family. It, it's it's just going to be a special night. Oh, for sure. And you mentioned that new championship. Was, um, was your brother a big fan of wrestling as well? He was not a big fan of wrestling. I mean, you know, we used to goof around in the basement and stuff, and uh, he would always, uh, you know, he knew – yeah, he'd watch wrestling with me once in a while, but uh, you know, he was more. He played hockey and was was really into sports. Or I took the sports entertainment road. But just before he died, he had gotten to see a little bit of my success because, like I mentioned, in in '98, I started here. I had started pursuing covering WWE when I was in college. Um, by the time I got here in 98, by 99, early 99, I convinced the editor that uh, the wig needed a regular wrestling column in the paper, which which I, which which ran from 1999 to 2004. So my brother got to see, you know, a lot of my success getting to cover wrestling, getting to go cover my first WrestleMania, covering a SummerSlam, uh, covering 
you know, different live events and, you know, starting to build a name, getting inter- interviews with WWE talent. So by 2006, when he died, uh, you know, he had sort of seen what was starting to unfold for me in, in wrestling. But, uh, you know, when I look around my office today or when I take any time to really stop and think about all the amazing things that have happened to me and continue to happen to me, there's just no way that uh, he doesn't. He hasn't played a role in that, um, you know, steering me in the right direction. And uh, this will be a nice way to um, to honor him. You know, we never. After he died, we ran a ball tournament for a couple of summers, but then it just stopped happening. Um, so this is a good way for me, you know, 13 years later, to you know keep his memory alive honor him you know we're gonna he's gonna have friends you know the people who don't even watch wrestling friends of his are buying tickets to come and it uh will be uh, a special night oh for sure and i mean i i think you hit the nail on the head by saying you know that you got to believe that he's going to be there looking down you know watching this take 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 off all this yeah. happen and it's a beautiful, beautiful championship belt, by the way, and it definitely. Yeah, thank you. I'm sure we'll yeah, do. Yeah, just, Justin and Jason designed that belt, uh, and uh, yeah, the the same person who uh, produced our Chinlock Heavyweight Championship produced that belt for us. So it's uh, yeah, it's beautiful. That's my brother liked lime green. It's got a little bit of lime green in it. Um, you know, we went with silver this time on the black strap. It's got a little picture of him engraved on it. Um, I'll have a special shirt that evening that, uh, that I'll be wearing. There'll be a tribute to my brother. That's so awesome. That's very cool to hear. It's always nice when you can, you know, as much as it's obviously unfortunate when our loved ones leave us, if there's something we can do to, you know, uh, commemorate them, that's always the, uh, the best way to go. Yeah. This show is just going to be, you know, so special. I mean, I, I really hope that, Kingston and you know surrounding area and, and people will will come out to this event. I mean, these types of things don't happen all that often. Like I say, like I said at the beginning, there's a ninety-four thousand dollar budget on this show. I mean, uh, so you can imagine, and we're getting we had the venue donated, so you can imagine an event an event like this at full cost. Uh, be insane. <laughs> you know, you'd, you'd be putting up a couple hundred thousand dollars on this, right? And you, you think about that's that's why when you see events like this, or when you go to a signing, I was at a signing with Ric Flair uh, in Toronto a month ago, and I paid you know over two hundred dollars to uh, to get Ric Flair's autograph and photo for you know a sum total of forty five seconds of my life cost me two two hundred dollars, but. You know, Ric Flair is is like a god, right? I mean, so Ric Flair is on the same level as Bret Hart. So you got a chance to come down here and, you know, stand in the presence of Bret, you know, tell him what he's meant to you, you know, get him to sign an item, a toy, a figure, a belt. You can bring whatever you want. There's no restrictions on what you can have signed at our show. I mean, I've been to places where you pay premium prices with extra costs for belts and toys and 
magazines and things like this. So you can bring whatever you want. If you got a championship belt signed by 15 other wrestlers, bring it along. It's the same $60 no matter uh, what you bring. Um, so there's a, there's a real opportunity for people to make this event more than a one-off. Let me put it this way. If this event is successful, um, I already know the Leon's owner uh, is behind this if we want to do it again. But in order for us to do this again, I need a lot of people to come to this show and this event and, and make this thing a success. Definitely. And I mean, I, I hope that, uh, that definitely can, that can happen. I mean, I feel in my heart, it's going to, it's such a great event and, you know, it being for charity and the youth vision and that, I mean, I know that's, uh, either way, I know the people that are coming are going to absolutely love it. And I mean, myself and my, my little crew that are going, we're very, very excited about it. And I'm hoping that, uh, in having you on my show and with this chat, we can uh, maybe stir up some more excitement around me here. And I want to ask about, more about the event and particularly one match that is going to be happening on the event and so much more. We have still have a lot of ground to cover here, but we mentioned him earlier and it is high time. I give him the official shout out that I do every single episode. And that is my friend, Mr. Jason Reese from Jaybird Digital Arts. If you guys are looking for any kind of logos, t-shirts, banners, photo manipulation, album artwork or original art, mailers for your business, anything at all you can imagine in the design world, you need to contact him today by going on his website, www.jaybird, that's J-A-Y-B-I-R-D, digitalarts.com. Go on there, check out his gallery, see all the awesome stuff he does. He does unique work you're not going to find anywhere else in the world. I strongly feel that way. But also, you're going to get a great turnaround time, uh, sometimes surprising turnaround time. My gosh, I don't think the guy ever sleeps. I'm sure Jan can attest to that. And also, you are going to get it at a very fair price. He gives you the design work you need that doesn't break the bank. So don't mess around with anyone else. Contact my man, Jason Reese, either via his social medias, just search Jaybird Digital Arts, or again, the website is www.jaybird, that's J-A-Y-B-I-R-D, digitalarts.com. And be sure to let him know that Hodder sent you. But uh, there's a couple things I wanted to ask, just again with kind of some stuff you touched on. One of which is the uh, the matchup happening between CJ Felony and Bill. How did kind of that whole thing start? Obviously, if, of course, it is in the uh, in the uh, semifinals there for the championship. But how did kind of that whole issue start with them? We know that we've kind of heard uh, you know cj felony around before he likes to make his presence known and likes to seem to stir up trouble anytime you're doing something but t- talk to me a little bit about that and what exactly happened uh the other day at that uh, that leon store well there's a there's a history between uh you know obviously between justin and i we 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 have this dynamic where you know, we co-own this company, so we have to make decisions together. Um, and behind the scenes, Justin Cousineau uh, is is a you know an incredible uh, talent as far as booking a wrestling show goes. He he understands the business. Uh, he you know he knows me like few other people. He always makes the best decisions and decisions that are in the best interest of of Tinlock, but he struggles to be 
both wrestler and promoter or, you know, co-owner. And I said to him many times, almost from day one, you should hang up the tights and just run this company with me. Let's, you know, let's, let's focus on the, the, the growth of Chinlock. Forget wrestling. Forget it. You're, you know, you're in your, your mid thirties. The odds of you going to WWE at this point are, you know, are, are getting slimmer. Um, he just wants to be involved with the show. So he and I have had, and we've had issues. We've had issues from, uh, we didn't have any issues in the first year, but by year two, we started to have some issues. Um, he and Bill had issues in, in year uh, two as well. We had Bill as a special guest on our show in year two. Uh, Bill and the... Um, it was a tag team match. I think it was Total Devastation. Uh, we're in a match with the Barbarians, and the Barbarians were managed by the Million Dollar Man, and uh, Bill was involved in that match as well. And anyway, he and Justin had some incident, and that stems all the way back to there. You know, Justin takes umbrage with the fact that Bill wants to be involved in wrestling. I mean, Bill has had matches. He's been involved in matches. He's refereed. He's been around wrestling. He's interviewed a, you know, a who's who of, of, of wrestlers in his career. So uh, he's passionate about it. He likes to be around it. Um, he chooses to be around it for me because of our friendship and because it's for charity. Bill will do anything uh, for charity. Uh, Bill and I went up uh, and did some appearance in uh, Smith Falls a few years ago where we managed opposite each other. Um, so anytime that I can involve Bill in one of our shows, I do. And last year we, where it really got off the rails was, you know, Justin uses his anger with me and his resentment of me and the fact that so many people view me as Chinlock. Um, again, that wouldn't happen if he had listened to me and you know, came out and stood beside me as the co-owner of Chinlock Wrestling rather than trying to juggle both roles. If he just listened to me and we did this together, not everybody would be pointing at me and saying, you know, Jan Murphy, Chinlock Wrestling, Jan Murphy, Chinlock Wrestling. They would be saying, you know, Jan and Justin, Chinlock Wrestling. So last year, uh, I had to um, suspend Justin and, you know, tried to keep him off the show last year due to his attacking of, uh, you know, some of my friends. He hit me with a garbage can the year before, um, but I still was willing to have him on the show. I just asked him what he wanted to do, and he wouldn't answer me. He wouldn't answer me, and when I eventually ran out of patience with him, I just said, okay, you're off the show. You don't have something you want from me. I have no need for you. So when I did that, he attacked my trainer. He attacked my little buddy, RJ. He attacked the owner of Geno's. It was ridiculous. So um, we had Bill Wichka Appreciation Night last year. Again, Bill has done a lot for Chinlock. Bill has done a lot for professional wrestling. I wanted to um, pay tribute to Bill and surprise him with, uh, with his hero, the Honky Tonk Man. Bill had no idea the Honky Tonk Man was coming to be part of Bill Wichka Appreciation Night. Much as I had no idea that C.J. Felony was going to crash the party, C.J. Felony crashed the party and attacked Bill 
and gave him uh, two DDTs. And thankfully, I had booked the Honky Tonk Man as a surprise, who literally I had to bring in the building after, you know, Bill went out to the ring uh, because he went out and saved Bill. And it was quite a quite a nice moment. But anyway, that's where that stems. Bill said to me after the show, um, you know, as much as he loved the honky tonk man coming in as a surprise and you know how grateful he was for it he was he was bothered by the fact that uh, you know his moment and our moment was was ruined i mean we would have had the honky tonk man come out and serenade bill that was the plan he was going to come out and you know sing for him and they were going to do something together um and that was all ruined so uh when i went on to the show with bill earlier this year to to announce this event and promote this event, uh, Bill asked me flat out on the air if he could have CJ Felony at Chemok Five, and I said yes. So Justin didn't like it. CJ Felony didn't like it, obviously. But here we go again. Like, do you want to be on the show or do you not want to be on the show? Right? You're telling me in one breath you want to be on the show, then you don't want to do what I want you to do on the show. So I can't win. Uh, Bill and I were at. Leon's this week to announce a special promotion, which is actually happening right now. The Leon's owners, you know, bought uh, a whole bunch of tickets from us for this event, and they're giving them out with uh, every purchase at Leon's. So we went there to make the announcement, and uh, right in the middle of a Facebook Live, uh, Justin came in and uh, and attacked me from behind, and attacked Bill, and they had a you know basically a a short skirmish in the store, which was caught on camera. So it's, it's on our Facebook page. You can see it. Um, thankfully, no charges were laid. I managed to talk to Chris McCurcher, the Leon's owner, and you know, convince him that he's better to let it happen on June 15th. I'm in the ring, you know, to call the match down the middle. Bill wants, you know, revenge on on Justin, and Justin's not taking Bill seriously. CJ Felony, typical fashion, not taking uh, Bill seriously. He's looking right past him, you know, claiming he's going to become the Kale Murphy uh, Memorial Champion just to, uh, you know, to rub it in and ruin my life. But that's not going to happen because, you know, I have lots of confidence in Bill and lots of faith in Bill. So that's that's that story. That's, it goes back to, to Chinlock, too. Um, and it's kind of festered ever since. And when he interrupted, when C.J. Felony interrupted Bill Wojcicki Appreciation Night, he basically, you know, signed his, sealed his fate right there with, uh, with that. So now, you know, Bill, a TV anchor. Yes, he's a TV anchor. He's a famous TV anchor. Uh, you know, he's a famous original Much Music VJ. The original. There was nobody else before Bill. So it's pretty cool. Um, you know, he's, he's older, but he, I always say, you don't want to fight the little guys. You don't want to fight those little no, guys. Those don't. little guys are crazy. So, um, if I'm CJ Felony, I'm not looking past Bill Walichka to, uh, the Kale Murphy, uh, title because, um, while you're looking past Bill, he'll, he'll knock you right out. So that's the history of that one. And I'm sure I speak for everybody when I say that we can't wait to see him get laid out by Bill. And I mean, I, I want to just quickly touch on one more thing before we move on with this. Obviously, as you were saying, you've had quite a history with CJ Felony. 
after that uh, Facebook Live, I know you did a video and you were, you know, it, it had looked like he had poked you in the eye or, or something like that. And because you are going to be the special guest referee, and obviously you are no slouch, but do you have any kind of plan of action if, you know, if, if CJ tries to get cute in the ring with you at all, or are you going to try and keep his, you know, keep it as down the middle as possible? What's kind of your I'm, plan going into it? I'm going to call this match, you know, fairly right down the middle. Um, I, I just want to make sure that, you know, he's not cheating. He's not going to cheat Bill out of this match. He's not going to, you know, cost Bill this match through his, you know, ridiculous antics or he's just not going to, he's not going to get away with it. That is my role in this match to just make sure that it's a, that it's a fair fight. I'm not, I'm not going to interfere. I'm not going to lay my hands on CJ Felling. I'm not a wrestler. I mean, yeah, I work out. You know, I'm a fairly big guy. I could probably hold my own, but I'm not a wrestler. And I, it's not about me. It's about them. But my role is to make sure that CJ Felony doesn't cheat. That's what he does. He cheats. He, you know, flag, flagrantly cheats. He flagrantly violates the rules. He'll do whatever it takes. And there's a lot on the line in this match. You know, Bill has said... If he loses this match, you know, that's it for his singles career. Um, you know, he wants to, you know, beat Justin as a way of standing up to bullies everywhere because that's what he believes that CJ Felony is. And he's not wrong. The guy is a bully. I mean, he comes down wearing a, you know, a, a mask that, uh, you know, has a s skull on it. He's dressed in black and, you know, he runs his mouth. So, you know, my role in all of this will be to make sure it's, it's, it's a fair fight and there is no cheating. Uh, there won't be countouts. I'm not going to let this match end in, end in a countout. I'll tell you that right now. Um, there'll be no countouts in this match. It will be a fair fight. And if, you know, the best man will win this match, as long as I'm in that ring, the best man will win this match. Absolutely. And that's at the end of the day, that's what it should come down to. You know, it should come down to who is the better athlete out of the two of them, who is the better professional wrestler, not who can cheat to win or who is the better at, you know, the, the antics of attacking someone from behind. So that's that's very good to hear for myself. And I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that match. I mean, of course, I still hope that, uh, you know, we can the good guys can prevail and that, you know, it is definitely hitting the nail on the head saying that taking down a bully like CJ felony in my, and this is me saying this in my opinion, I think would definitely be uh, one of the highlights of the show for me personally. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it'll certainly be a fair fight. There'll be no garbage cans or, you know, any of that nonsense. Very good to hear. So, um, I wanted to ask about a couple more things. If as long as I've got, uh, I've got you for a little more time here. Yeah. Beautiful. So I want to ask, speaking on, on Justin CJ Felony, whatever you like to call him, he also is a part of the Chinlock Wrestling School, which is something I've been following religiously the last little while. And I'm I'm really excited about because I know that there are schools around here, but what is exactly Chinlock's Wrestling School and what was kind of your goal with that? And how did that come into the picture? You know, it's it's something that we talked about know probably before chinlock i mean there there again there there like you said there were schools around um 
I guess the, you know, the creation of Chinlock um, firmed it up as something that we believed would happen at some point. Because if we have a wrestling company, uh, it makes sense to have uh, some of your own talent. And, you know, Jesse Mack has been our talent. Um, you know, Catalyst has been our talent. Um Lots of people have appeared on all of our shows. Uh, we have a few people. Obviously, CJ Felony has been uh, a mainstay. But, you know, uh, once we realized that we were here to stay, and this year we decided, conscious decision, to run uh, more than just our charity show. We have run one other event. Tomorrow we will be announcing... Uh, another event that will happen in 2019 um and we have plans for as many as you know three other events before the calendar uh, closes on on 2019 so so earlier this year you know the opportunity to get a venue came along and we purchased a ring um last year or earlier this year, I guess it was last year, we purchased a ring that needed some work, but the intention was when we purchased that ring uh, that that would be our, our opening to, to have a school. Um, something we both have aspired to for a number of years, but it felt like the timing was right. Again, everything for me is about feeling. Um, I felt the time was right to um, do a charity show when I suggested that to that person. I felt the time was right to do a second one and a third one. And I felt the time was right to do this fifth uh, super event, even though, you know, we haven't established ourselves, you know, much beyond the, the city itself. So it just felt right. So when we had the ring, we found a venue, you know, both of us, and like I said, this is this is where it might be hard for you to you know to separate what happens between us, where, where it pertains to a wrestling show, and what happens between us behind the scenes. We're, we work so well together behind the scenes on building this company, on planning things. We agree on almost everything. Our philosophies, you know, clash when it comes to the show itself. Again, Justin wants. CJ Felony to be involved in our shows where I just want Justin to work with me to build the future. Absolutely. Chinlock Wrestling School fell into place. The time was right. Uh, I can't say enough nice things about uh, the, uh, the work that uh, Justin has put into that. Um, that is all him. Uh, he goes there. He trains the students. He, you know, set it up. He fixed the ring. He's, you know, put, put, put a lot of money into, uh, you know, into the ring. He's put a huge investment into himself and into the, the students that we have there now. I'm proud to say that uh, every student who was there on week one is still there today. I was there two nights ago, three nights ago, and it's just fascinating to see uh, these, these kids bumping now and, you know, running the ropes and, drop downs and uh, you know lockups and it's, it's pretty amazing I, I went a couple of times early on 
that I hadn't been there in a couple of weeks. And uh, I went back the other night and I was just, just blown away. That's awesome. And I mean, following it religiously on, on the social media, it's, it's cool. So cool to see people progress from, you know, when you first start off, you know, some people kind of look a little, not, not, not scared or, but maybe a little nervous. It's the first time they're getting inside a wrestling ring. And that can be, I'm sure a very intimidating thing where you've been watching it your whole life, but it's different to step in between those ropes and, you know, Whoa, this is uh, it's very different and taking your first bump and, you know, running the ropes for the first time, I'm sure it can be a very, uh, you know, in- intimidating thing when you first do that. So it's cool to see just the look on people's faces and, and that seemingly that confidence going into the, these, you know, these young uh, upstarts, so to speak, as they are, they're progressing. Is there, um, obviously it's still very early in the, uh, in, in the class and that, but has, what's kind of been the overall, uh, uh, feel of it, the of it so far. Like, has has there kind of been any anyone that's kind of been uh, rises above the pack a little bit, or has it been pretty pretty good even so far? Is everybody doing really well? Everybody's doing very well. Um, everybody brings their own, um, you know, unique characteristics, unique skills. Uh, we have one, and I've said this to this person, you know privately i've said this to justin if if this person takes this seriously and you know something that i've said to all of them is this this is an investment and needs to be an investment in yourself so um the best place you can spend money in your life is on is on your health and on yourself especially in professional wrestling you need to have a good look. You need to have a good physique. You need to work out. You need to eat well. And you, you, know, you need to train. You need to have a look. Um, we have somebody in the class. He's, you know, he's very tall. He's young. Um, you know, he's in pretty good shape. There is, you know, massive advantages to being over six feet tall absolutely being being young and if if he sits down and really takes it seriously and you know eats well trains builds up you know his muscles boy oh boy (laughs) there's no uh there's no ceiling for someone like that um i i love the effort when i go there and i watch you know we have a 16 year old girl we have a, a you know a, a younger boy um you know struggles socially comes out he's fit right into this group you know his confidence grows uh every week we have a couple of guys who are older who you know tackling this for the first time um you know we have one guy who's just an absolute tank just a tank and uh you know we're you know we're both so excited to have our own talent on a show someday um I, i've told these guys i said look you all know me you know my connections um so getting you guys in front of the right set of eyes is not out of the realm of possibility so it's not like it once was i mean um you know we're going to bring in some special guests here and there 
you know, we may send them from, from our school to go finish their training uh, with, with a Tyson Dukes or a, a Lance Storm or, you know, somewhere where they can, they can, they can do some other things. And, uh, but, but for now, you know, they're starting very basically and they're, they're going to learn the right way because they're learning from a guy, you know, who's been in this business for 20 some years, who is beyond patient with um, and supportive with people. I mean, you talk about having the right mentality to, to mold a mind or to, you know, earn someone's trust and get them to, to, to understand you and to work with you. Uh, Justin's patients are, are endless which just flies in the face of CJ Felony. I mean, it's like a multiple split personality. <laughs> Two different disorder. guys. It really is. I, I get it, though. You get in the ring. I've been in the ring a few times. It's it's invigorating. It's, um, you know, it, it's addicting. So, you know, he's addicted to that, you know, to that rush when he gets in there. And, it, and he just, he forgets who he is. He becomes CJ Felony. And it's a great quality to have, but... I think time has passed him by. I, I, I really think his focus should be on, you know, teaching others, helping me grow this company. But, you know, he continues to want to be involved in, in the wrestling side of things. And, and that's where we clash. Definitely a, uh, you know, as you've said, a, two very different people when you're dealing with Justin and we're dealing with CJ. And I mean, you know, with the class I see, pictures of him and I've heard from a, a friend of mine who actually is in the class and how he's such a great guy. And, you know, I, I can't believe that they're, you know, they're two different people and it's just, man, I wish that he would just maybe sometimes just be this guy instead of being CJ. But, you know, like you said, it's that addiction to the, you know, to that rush of, you know, going in and, you know, getting your way, I guess in, in a certain way, or it yeah. definitely can be addicting when you're, you know, when you're a bully, I guess is the the best way to well, put it. Well, you know, when you're when you're a part owner, I think you know there's it, it gives you this this chip on your attitude that like, well, what are you going to do about Murphy? Like, yeah. you can't fire me, right? I, I can't, I can't fire him, but you know, I can I can keep him off the shows, or I can try. <laughs> can try at least, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, that's very. I tell cool. you what I can do. I can call a fair match down the middle on June fifteenth, and that's that's where I'm focused. Exactly, and that's the plan. And I mean, nothing's nothing's going to be getting past you. So that's I'm. I was very glad to hear you were named the special guest referee for that because I was, you know, I was a little worried that he might try and sneak a win out. So that's that was definitely very excited to hear that. Yeah, so you know the the school's great. I literally can't wait to uh, to watch one of our students or you know some of our students uh, reach the point where they get to have a match. Yeah, that will be definitely something very excited. I'll be very excited about, and I mean, I'm I'm going to be watching it uh, very closely. And as you've said, you know, there's so many great talented people that are going through there right now. So it's definitely something that's very very exciting for the future of Chinlock as not just a, you know, a promotion that will bring in other people, but also as a, as a promotion to have your own homegrown talent, more homegrown talent, of course. You do have um, yeah. people at the moment, but that's very cool. So kind of to start to wrap up our chat here, I wanted to ask you, as I know how passionate you are about wrestling and that, I wanted to ask you a few things on that note. What's, um, 
when did you kind of first get into wrestling? And do you remember kind of the first wrestling that you saw? Yeah, I, I was, my parents used to, we grew up, I grew up in the village of first in Strathcona, which is literally like a street, um, <laughs> you know, not far from Napanee, between here and Napanee. Uh, when we moved from there over to Camden East, I think I was 12 at the time. So that would have been uh, 80, 76, so 88. Um, and we went over to my aunt and uncles who lived in the village at the time. And my uncle was watching this wrestling on TV and it was, it turned out it was WrestleMania three, I guess, 88. Right. Um, and, uh, I was just like, what is this? I watched it and I went to school and I was, I asked my friends and some of my friends were like, yeah. So we started, you know, there was a small group of us, uh, at Newburgh public school who used to wrestle in the schoolyard or uh, Rob Plumley. Uh, I, I always like to tell this story. He, he lived like literally a three minute walk from uh, the public school. So, you know, we all became friends with Rob. He had a pool um, and his parents, you know, had a satellite dish, uh, which, you know, most everyone else's parents did. In those days it was the, you know, the friggin' dish you'd see on the moon now. Yeah. Um, so the, the pay-per-views would be on there and we would go over to Rob's and we would watch these pay-per-views. They'd get dropped off and, you know, we'd sit down in Rob's basement and his parents had a, you know, a sectional couch. I can still, I can still see his basement uh, when I, close my eyes and think about it. And I can still see us all sitting down there watching these pay-per-views. And uh, that's where it all started. I mean, I used to, you know, at that point I became obsessed with, uh, with it. And uh, it just was just awesome. And by the time I hit um, high school, <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin came along like high school and college. I lost I lost interest a little bit through my early years of high school, but by the end of high school '96 and '97, um, it uh, became insane. Stone Cold came along. I was working at you know my part time job. A couple of people there liked it as well. It became my obsession again. I used to you know when I went to college, I would scramble home on Monday after classes so that I could drive to my buddy's house and watch Raw, and that was during the, the height of the Attitude Era, and, uh, you know, at that point, I was, I was, that was it, I was done, like, I was so, my obsession with wrestling was so, was so strong, so yeah, it started, like I say, on the couch uh, in 80, 87 or 88, and when we moved to, uh, to Camden East, and uh, just festered from there, and uh, now I, I just can't imagine my life without wrestling. Yeah, it's something that you always remember the first time you really sit down and go like, well, like, what is this? What is this thing? And someone kind of go, oh, it's wrestling. And you're like, well, what's going on here? And then you sit and it's such a, you know, it's such a spectacle to watch. It has everything you could possibly need, athleticism and, you know, uh, action drama the full nine yards you get everything and every level of entertainment and even comedy and especially in the attitude era i mean you're talking that was 
the height of, and I'm not one of those people that's, you know, oh, the Attitude Era was the only wrestling era, and they need to go yeah. back to that. I'm not one of those guys, but I mean, I very much appreciate the Attitude Era and, of course, what it did for for wrestling, but uh, I'm, I'm more of a, you know, pro wrestling guy, but uh, it, it's such a unique spectacle, wrestling, and... Yeah, I mean, I, you know, things have changed for me over the years, too. I mean, I've become... Uh, I remember watching uh, Stone Cold win the first his first championship, uh, and you know the the whole swerve with uh, with Mike Tyson and Shawn Michaels, and like I remember like it seemed so real to me then, even though I knew you know the outcomes were were not. Um, you know, I, I vividly remember, you know, jumping up and, you know, waving my arms and carrying on because I wanted this person. I was so invested in this character and in this story that I wanted him to win that championship. It meant everything to see him win that championship. And I still can experience that once in a while. It's not um, to the same sort of level, but, you know, when something happens, um you know, along those lines, when I get invested into something, uh, I still get that feeling. You know, it's different. I'm 42, not, you know, 18 or 19 or 20 or 21. Um, but it's still, to me, it's, it's, it's wonderful. I mean, I had a debate with somebody on Facebook the other night because they thought I was crazy for saying Brock was in my, in my top five because he's the whole package. And then they wanted me to explain myself. And I thought, I see wrestling so differently than, than so many other people. You know, I, I think as a promoter now, I think as a fan, I think as a, I've been in the ring. When I watch Brock, uh, you know, and no one can tell me otherwise, psychologically, he's, he's um, you know, he, he understands the psychology of wrestling like, like few others. He's probably at the top of the industry as far as his understanding of the psychology of wrestling. If you watch how he, how he acts during a match or what he does at a certain time, everything has a purpose. Um, it's, it's quite smart. Um, and to the untrained eye, I, I see it. Yeah. They might go, Oh yeah, he does uh, 16 F fives to John Cena. Well, Think about that on on a psychological level. John Cena has never had anyone ragdoll him the way that Brock ragdolled him. And why 16? You know, 16-time champion, 16 F5s absolutely obliterates John Cena. Think of the match he had with Finn Balor. How he got Finn Balor over more than Finn Balor has been over in WWE. That's Brock. Brock understands it. Brock is a terrific worker, and the psychology in in Brock's repertoire is unrivaled. He's he, he's a badass. I mean, he looks like a badass. He brings legitimate. Almost no one else can bring. Um, he brings that chip on his shoulder that comes through in his character, and he brings Paul Heyman. So anyone who says that Brock is no good on the mic. Brock is Paul Heyman. Who's better than Paul Heyman on the mic in wrestling today? Brock does it all. That's why Brock is the guy. Whether he works, you know, six matches a year, 
or 16 matches a year or 60 matches. He he has no is um, no is no equal. So you know, for me, when you know someone tries to tell me that they're sick of Brock Lesnar, I'm, I I just shake my head and I go, you just don't get it. You just don't get it. Absolutely, I mean, he's a. I'm guilty of that as well. Where sometimes I'll be like, man, like I just oh, I don't want him to be the champion or whatever. I want to see our champion with the belt on Raw and all that. But you know, there's a a spectacle to what he does that really is unmatched. Like there's there's things he brings to the table, and I mean, the character work he's doing right now with the whole Brock party thing and that it's just yeah. it's great, and he is an entertaining dudes. And you know, you're touching on Paul Heyman. And that, I mean, who who does better mic work than Paul Heyman? I mean, really, it's just, he really is one of those guys that when you think of some of the, you know, the, like you were like you were saying in your top five in that, you know, there's not a lot of guys who can do what he does and what he brings to the table with his whole package. And, you know, the, people will throw the argument out there, and this argument was put out there, too, that they want to see the Universal Championship defended on TV. Well... Tell me that the Universal Champion or the, the WWE Championship or the Intercontinental Championship or the U.S. Championship or the Tag Team Championships or the Women's Championships, with the exception, um, right after WrestleMania, do any of those titles excite you right now? They don't. Yeah. <laughs> they are, they are, they are prop. They are, they, you know, they've been so, uh, um, Reduced to nothing. The, none of those titles are special. So why does everyone want or insist that the universal title should be on somebody who is on TV regularly? What what difference have we seen in Seth Rollins carrying that universal chain that we didn't see prior to that? I've seen nothing different in Seth Rollins' game. Nothing. Seth is a talented wrestler. He's a one of the top five talents on the roster today but tell me what that title has done for him now that everybody got their wish and it's not on a guy who only shows up with it every you know couple of months what's the big difference i i i for one haven't seen it yet you know i'm not buying it i'm not you know i'm not i'm not in love with seth rollins the universal (laughs) you know i i don't get it well for sure and i mean and that's what's great about wrestling, too, where, I mean, you know, some people who really, truly understand what's going on and really understand the business, like like someone like yourself, will see the logic behind it. And then, you know, everyone gets what they want, and Seth Rollins is holding the belt, and it's like, you know, what, what has he done with it? Like, I can, I can definitely see your point and definitely agree with you on that. We're like, you know, he's a great wrestler and definitely one of the best, but... You know, champions, even back in the day, you know, were they were a true spectacle. You know, you didn't see they would come through the territory and it was a it was a spectacle. You had to go and see the champion, whether it was, you know, Ric Flair coming through with the belt or, you know, Harley Race or, or you know, names like that. It was this big spectacle to see them. And, you know, there was a long period of time there where I was very much in that mindset, too, where I was like, oh, you know, oh, where's our belt where's our belt we haven't seen it and you know as i kind of get a little uh, i guess a little more seasoned in wrestling i'm like you know i 
So, no, I, I kind of so get the it next now. question, you know, not just to you, but to anyone um, was in that camp that, you know, the champion should be on the show every week. Uh, what is more interesting right now in wrestling? Uh, the money in the bank briefcase being carried by Brock Lesnar or the universal championship being carried by Seth Rollins. What's more entertaining and what's more interesting and what has you uh, more captivated right now? Exactly. It's that, that money. I mean, for me personally, anyway, it's that money in the bank. Like, right. It's just, and that is such a great point. It's because of who's holding it, right? Because Brock is an elite, an elite talent and Brock is the, you know, the best, the the best in the company and and Brock is the drop. Brock had the title taken off him. They said, you know, we need to do something. Uh, AEW is coming along. We got, you know, we have TV commitments with Fox uh, looming in the fall. Uh, Brock, Brock is no longer pursuing a career in UFC. Uh, hey Brock, what if we made you the money in the bank? Uh, you know, uh, contract. Sure, Vince. Let's see what you can do with it and what he's done with it far more compelling than what seth has done as the champion so far so you know to me it doesn't it's not about the title it's not about who carries it it's about the talent and brock is simply showing us that that he is the best talent in the wwe he's the draw he sells tickets we already know that he's a draw uh, um, but now he's showing us, he's going, well, I don't need the Universal Championship. You guys think that the Universal Championship defined Brock? Brock Lesnar defined the Universal Championship. He brought credibility to it. And now he, he's bringing credibility to a briefcase that he gimmicked up to look like a, a, a radio, a boombox. It's all, it's about Brock. It's not about, and that's, that's where everything else is lacking and that's why all those guys and girls in the back need to look to Brock as the example and go look at how he got himself has any of the last few money in the bank holders gotten themselves over as the money in the bank holders the way Brock has in three short weeks I don't think so I don't think so either what are we talking about you know Kevin Owens did a pretty good job um when he had it, uh, but uh, there's no one else that, uh, that I recall. Um, you know, the last time I could think of the money in the bank over doing anything, it was when Seth cashed in at wrestling. So, you know, it's just my perspective. And when I hear people crapping on Brock or crapping on the fact that he's a part-time champion or that the title's being held by somebody who doesn't care about the business or isn't there. He's not there every week. I mean, all these guys, they use it in storylines. I get that. That makes sense. That's, that's a good angle to go at, but they don't believe that because they watch Brock go out and they, they watch how, you know, he is the center of attention, whether he's holding a briefcase, whether he's holding the universal championship, whether he's holding nothing. Brock's Brock's the face of WWE right now, whether people want to admit to it or not. Well, and you look at how he came back with that surprise, you know, when he ran in 
and he climbed up that ladder. It's like, I mean, I sure as hell didn't see that coming. And I mean, it wasn't a, like for me personally, even it's like, man, like at first I was like, what? Like, what is, but then it's like, you know, I've almost now like kind of turned a corner where I'm like, you know, I can really see like exactly what you're saying and really be like, you know what? Like, look at what he's done. Look at what he's doing. Like, WWE needs players I mean, right now. Some people, there's some people who will just never be pleased. Exactly. And you know what? If Vince came out, if Vince walked out on Monday night this week and announced that the WWE was bringing back the Attitude Era, there would be like this short honeymoon period where everybody would be like, oh my God, it's back. You know, we finally get what we wanted, what we've been screaming for. Three weeks later, it would be no good to them. It yeah. just, it wouldn't be good. And you know why? Because the attitude there wasn't about what they were doing. It was about the collection of talent at the right, in the right place. Absolutely. You, you're not going to put that collection of talent together uh, at the, the right time at the right place probably ever again but i I swear to you and i i I believe it in my heart of hearts if vince walked out next week and said you know all the chains are off we're gonna start letting the town you know cut live promos we're gonna bring back blood we're gonna bring back chairs we're gonna bring back you know tables ladders uh you know pudding matches the whole nine yards it's we're, we're we're 18 plus again I guarantee you within a month, people are bitching about it. That's just the way the internet wrestling community is now. They can't be satisfied. Because if you can't look at Brock Lesnar as a wrestler and and see how good he is and and what he brings to the WWE, whether it's, like I said, six times a year or 60 times a year, you probably shouldn't be watching exactly you hit the nail on the head with that and i mean if you uh you know pe- people are allowed to have different opinions in that obviously as i'm sure you can agree but if if people sit there every single time they see brock and they're like oh my god seriously he's killing the business it's like come on man just you know you, you try to and i mean i try to really look at the positive things and you know on this show i like to talk a lot about positive things in life and kind of try to have that positive mental attitude. And I mean, I, uh, you know, I don't talk wrestling as much anymore on the show as I used to. And it's something that definitely, you know, there's going to be a bit of resurgence on, but I definitely see your point a lot on that, you know, that draw and that legitimacy that Brock Lesnar brings to the table. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's one example. I mean, the 24-7 uh, championship. Do I think it's the most beautiful championship belt I've ever seen? No. Um, do I understand, uh, you know, what it's doing and what its purpose is? Yes. Am I entertained by what I've seen? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, give some guys who, you know, I mean, in one sense you hear everybody jump into the defense of, 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 Dustin Rhodes saying, yeah, you know, take that, Vince. You never gave him the uh, the chance to go out and do what, what Cody did. And they had, and make no mistake, that's one of the five best matches I've ever seen in my life. Oh, absolutely. And then in the other, and then in the other breath, 
they're they're crapping on Vince for trying to give some of these guys an opportunity <laughs> um, to go out and, and see what they can do. Yeah, it's a little. Um, yeah, it's very reminiscent of of the hardcore championship. And yeah, they sent Mick Foley out, and you know he didn't have, admittedly, his his best his best promo per prepared but I, I just don't think <clears throat> this belt stood a chance in the same way that you know some of the talent coming up from XT stand a chance because the the, the fans at that level are either they're so jaded or so stuck in 1996 that it's really difficult you, people have forgotten how to just sit back and be entertained yes. everyone thinks that you know they need to they need to do, do everything differently. just be entertained you know am i entertained by everything i see on monday night or on tuesday night no of course I'm. there's times when i roll my eyes or there's times when i go you know i was a little bit irked by this or a little bit irked by that but generally speaking overall uh sitting watching wrestling should bring you joy um, you know, if, if you if you truly should be able to see a little little bit of good in everything, and uh, you know, I get through three hours of Monday. That's my actually my only beef with Raw is it's three hours. It's three it's hours, just, yeah. It's a lot it's of like Raw. Watching <laughs> Avengers Endgame every Monday. I just three hours is just asking a lot of my time. Oh, for sure, and I mean I. I could sit and, and talk wrestling with you all night because <laughs> I'm uh, I'm loving this conversation and, and where we're going with it. But um, we've been we've been kind of burning the midnight oil, so to speak, here on the show. Um, so I wanna I wanna thank you so much for your time, and I would love the opportunity to have you back on the show sometime just to uh, talk a little more about wrestling. I think that would be a lot of fun. Anytime you want me on every week, I'll be on every week i'm happy to i like talking wrestling i really do i appreciate uh, you know you helping uh, promote the show and uh, you know so many of our mutual friends have great things to say about you so um anytime you name it i'll be i'll be there awesome well and i mean thank thank you to those people by the way you know my, my friends and it's, it's just so funny that we've had kind of this weird you know like six degrees of separation and it was finally i believe it was when I was speaking with Sam one day and he was just like, dude, like, how do you know Jan? And I'm like, Oh, Jason. He's like, what? And he's like, dude, like, <laughs> it's just so weird that like we, we hadn't had this, uh, this media yet. So I was really glad. And I'm very grateful for the time before we go. Where can, uh, where can people find all the info about Chinlock five and about Chinlock wrestling? Well, our Facebook pages, you know, the thing that I turn to most, uh, Chinlock Wrestling on, on Facebook. Our website should have somewhat up-to-date information. Justin's a little bit uh, behind on on the web, but ChinlockWrestling.com. The Leon Center website has information on Chinlock 5 and the ticketing, and, you know, you can buy a ticket to the box office. We have some tickets out at uh, some sponsors, Geno's at Amherst View, Division Street, SBT Comics and Games. Uh, um, yeah, all that info's out there. Uh, down to two weeks, and then I can uh, you know, take a deep breath. <laughs> 
take a deep breath and it's going to be probably feel like, uh, in, again, in, in a kind of a good way that like the weight of the world's off your shoulders a bit, probably, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'll keep asking, what's going to happen first? Chinlock 5 or the debut of Bray Wyatt? Got two Raws left. You got two Raws left. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, again, thank Are you so much. see Bray Wyatt in a wrestling ring or in the arena before we you know we have chinlock five i'm not sure i don't know we're getting close but we'll see what uh if he comes out of the firefly funhouse first or what's what's going (laughs) on there i'm 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 for one i'm very uh very much excited for that gimmick but right before we go i know i already said that but i actually have in my possession ladies and gentlemen who are listening right now uh four tickets to the wrestling event and I am doing a giveaway for them. If you're listening to the show, you're exclusively getting this information. I'm not going to be giving away the information until the week before the show to the general public. But uh, I have four tickets. And if you would like to win tickets to that show, to, again, the actual wrestling event, if you want to get tickets to it and then you want to potentially go to the Legends event, you absolutely can do that. Uh, all you have to do is like and share this podcast, comment, tag myself and Janet and letting know that you want to go and then go and share the uh the chinlock five and the legends convention uh facebook page or the uh, event page if you will go ahead and share that and uh, you'll be entered to win it's super easy it's a great event and uh as you guys heard it's gonna be some pretty exciting stuff going on all for charity all for charity Absolutely. And I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some, I, I know from talking to my man, Jason, there's going to be some, uh, some cool merch as well going on that you can be rest assured. You're going to want to get your hands on. Right on. Awesome. All right, Jane. Well, thank you so much again for the time, brother. Really appreciate it. All right, bro. Thanks. All right. All right, gang. There you have it. My full chat with Jan Murphy from Chinlock Wrestling. Whew. We burned the midnight oil on that one, but that was a fun chat. Oh, I could have talked to Jan all night. I really could have. I feel like we could have gone for another 20 minutes, half an hour, but unfortunately we did. Uh, I had to cut the conversation. I hate doing that, but I had to cut the conversation as I was actually going to run out of data on my phone. <laughs> I just said in the intro, I took up to my hotspot because my internet completely died out. I was having a really crappy night that night with uh, technology not agreeing with me. So I, I appreciate Dan being a good sport. Well, me kind of having to cut him off. I, I hate doing that. But rest assured that uh, Jan will definitely be on this show again. I, I had so much fun talking with him. And, you know, I hope that he had just as much fun as I did. And I feel like he did. I feel like he had a good time. So what's not to like when both of the people you have on the show can have a good time. Everybody wins. If you have any questions at all about the event or about the giveaway that I announced, feel free to hit me up. I uh, I already know there's a few of you who are going to be pining for those tickets. So if you have any interest at all, do not mess around. Again, just in case you missed it for some reason in that little last bit, all you have to do is share this podcast and then share the Facebook event page and then tag Jan and I so that we know that you shared them. Sometimes stuff gets lost. Usually with shares, we can see it, but just to make sure, be sure to tag Jan and I just to be safe as things tend to get lost sometimes in the, 
yeah, the soup, if you will, of uh, Facebook. <laughs> so want to make sure that you guys get entered if you want the tickets. And I already know there's going to be a lot of people wanting those tickets. So don't mess around. You can go on Chinlock's uh, Facebook page to find the event and all the information on said event. Thank you very much again, Jan, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you to uh, Jason for kind of being the, you know, the, the connection a little bit in that. And as well as my boy, Sam Hudson, who we did kind of tongue in cheek mention a couple times during the episode. We didn't really say his name. Well, I'm sure he knew we were talking about him, and I'm sure he appreciates it. Just like I appreciate you for listening through to the very end of this podcast. Thank you so very, very much. If you want to take a second to give the, us a follow here at The Hotter Show, I'd very much appreciate it, whether you're listening on the SoundCloud or iTunes or or actually iTunes doesn't exist anymore as of uh, I think next month. So it's going to be Apple podcast. Now the Apple podcast app, or if you listen in on Spotify or Stitcher or Castbox or Podcoin, or if you listen in on, uh, on the YouTube, perhaps you should hit that follow button, subscribe, like, you know, whatever you can do. I very much appreciate it. It helps out the show. Check out some of my other content as well. If you enjoyed this interview, I've done a lot of other great interviews in the archives. I have well over 200 hours of content for you. So if you're looking for something to do, you're looking to get some entertainment, I have you covered. Do not worry about that. We got you here on The Hotter Show. Don't even fret. While you're at it, be sure to go ahead and follow The Hotter Show on social media. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't really use Twitter much anymore, if I'm being honest, but if you are very active on Twitter, be sure to follow us on there. I'm mostly active on Instagram nowadays. I just like Instagram. Well, it's kind of is what it is. But uh, as well, you can check us out on the Podbeard Network website. That's podbeardnetwork.com forward slash The Hotter Show. I have all my links on there as well as a... Uh, a player for the website itself. So if you don't want to download any apps and you don't have another way to listen to the show, you don't like YouTube or whatever the hell, you can go on there and listen on any kind of mobile devices, browser, or on your computer browser. Super easy. You don't have to mess around with any apps or anything. And that is going to do it for me here today. Thank you guys so very much for tuning in. And again, thank you to all of the uh, you know the potential listeners from the Chinlock community. I'm sure we're, I'm going to get a few uh, few nice comments. Seem like there's some great, great people in that community. I'm very much looking forward to the event. Next week, I have a killer interview with Matt Stock from Mean Tactical. I'm very much looking forward to talking about another great event that is actually also happening on June 15th. But we will talk about that next week because I'm going to take off here. Remember to keep it positive, guys. That positive mental attitude, PMA to the grave. And always remember, if you have the opportunity to make life a little brighter for someone else, do so. It makes the world a much better place for everybody. Peace and love, and I'll catch you next time on The Harder Show. Take it easy, guys.